another episode of Interviews with a Percy Grower. I am Mackie from percysgrowroom.com. This week's episode, we're going to be focusing mainly on cannabis edibles. I'm going to be joined by the first person to join Percy's Grow Room after the forum was created. We've both been running our own websites. He runs one specifically on cannabis edibles, and I run Percy's Grow Room that's specifically for growing cannabis. Cannabis extracts and edibles is something that isn't covered very often, so I thought this would be an interesting episode. If you have any questions at all about the podcast, then you can always find me on postiesgrowroom.com or you can find Justin over at his website at cannabisinformationinstitute.com. So, roll yourself something, fill yourself a bowl, whatever it is you do, and enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. I think it's going. Can an educator tell us about yourself, man? Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me, Mackie. Um, huge fan of the site, obviously. Uh, I was actually the first member to sign up at That's Percy's right, man. Number one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been with the site for uh, just over a year or so, um, doing the occasional piece of content for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not from Canada. Uh, I was born here, but I wasn't raised here. So I consider myself, uh, you know, a bit of an immigrant when it comes to Canadian society. But anyways, I moved over here in 2016, uh, basically after I saw a Vice documentary and it was called uh, Toronto, Canada's Cannabis Candy Land. And it was all about edibles and how the cannabis edibles industry was highly illegal at the time, but yet there was still a lot of dispensaries operating in Toronto City. And that just piqued my interest, really. And you moved there, like specifically to get into the edibles business. Uh, specifically to get into the cannabis industry. Um, after watching that documentary, I kind of just thought, you know, this is what I want to be a part of. You know, this is where I want to go with my life is into the cannabis industry. Nice. And even though it wasn't quite legal at the time, you know, I was kind of willing to take that risk. And you know, I did pay for for that you know legal troubles and things like that but it was definitely worth it toronto was a city of a lot of gray market dispensaries before legalization and gray market means they're upholding the mandate in terms of providing medical cannabis but having a storefront was completely illegal so in terms of a compassion point of view the dispensaries were fine uh, to a lot of people they weren't actually harming anyone. You know, the ID checks were in place um, and everything was regulated as far as it could be. Um, yeah. The police in Toronto themselves, they did not enjoy the presence of dispensaries. Um, some of the dispensaries took a lot of liberties in terms of their location. Uh, a lot of them were close to schools and things like that. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to cause problems, isn't it? So anyways, in 2016, uh, just after I had moved here, the police started to really crack down on the dispensaries in Toronto and it was called Operation Claudia. And over a few days, they raided uh, over a hundred of these gray market dispensaries in the city. Um, and, you know, hundreds of people like me got caught up in it. And uh, Lame. yeah, as far as legal troubles still go, like I'm still uh, upholding a peace bond right now. I can't travel to the United States uh, at the moment. Um, but that's going to be over uh, halfway through this year, which I'm looking forward to. Well, I suppose it's not federally legal in the UK, in the USA yet, is it? Yeah, and there is an inherent risk of just crossing the US border with something uh, as serious as 
drug trafficking on a record and just having to answer questions like, have you been arrested for drug possession yeah. or, or things like that? It's just too much of a risk. Well, at, the very, like at the very least, they're going to fucking strip search you. And who wants that? Yeah, and no, I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people want it, man. Some people are into that shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Squat um, and cough, boy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so after uh, working in some dispensaries, you know, managing them, I did that for a couple of years, and then I kind of got tired of just having to, you know, be wary of the police, you know, every time I went right. to work and things like that. So, so, so you was of, working in a dispensary legally? Were you uh, it was. A, I was worked in a couple of grey market dispensaries. Right, right. So they weren't legal technically, but they were providing the need uh, to fulfil the mandate which the Canadian federal government had put out. So we were okay. supplying uh, medical cannabis uh, on a compassion basis. All right. Confusing, and it? It's just stupidness. It's really confusing, yeah. Um, so after I worked in the dispensaries, I was getting a little tired of that. Um, and so I moved into more like writing content and things like that because a lot of the customers who would come into this, the dispensary wanted to know you know, how to make edibles and, uh, you know, how to make their own creams and, and bath bombs and things like that from the cannabis that they're buying from the dispensary okay. rather than paying, you know, really high prices for store-bought edibles or bombs or salve or whatever you want. Yeah. And, and so I just kind of thought, you know, there's a lot of people asking about this. A lot of people will turn to Google and kind of just search this stuff. Um, you know, why don't I just create some websites? And, you know, start creating cannabis content in terms of like recipes and, and just general kind of cannabis information. And that's where it all started. Yeah, definitely. So, so that get, gets you to about, uh, what, February 2019? Yeah. So and that's when yep. you started uh, your initial website. Yeah, so my initial website, um, I ended up selling to another cannabis company and uh, they bought it outright with, with all the content and things, which was really good after putting in a lot of work to that. Yeah. And, um, and then I developed a curriculum for them and it was a really large document. It was, you know, 10,000 words. I remember reading it. <laughs> yeah, it was massive, eh? Yeah, man. Hard work. Must have been a mission doing that, mate. Oh, for sure. And well, you and know, the so, whole website was quality. You put a lot of work into that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was getting a lot of hits just off Google alone and, and, you know, a lot of inquiries and things like that. So I thought, you know, maybe I've, I've got something here. Maybe I can continue to kind of make cannabis content and, uh, you know, just reach a larger audience than I could in any kind of dispensary capacity, you know? So what's your website, man? Tell us about your website now. Yeah. Um, so my website now is Cannabis Information Institute, and it's just CannabisInformationInstitute.com. Um, what the website is, um, we're trying to leverage a group of international researchers, you know, including yourself. Um, so thank you for that. Um, you're I'm obviously just, I'm just board. some high guy, man. Some high guy who likes <laughs> growing. That's all. Um, you're <laughs> obviously on board as, uh, as a cultivator of uh, of cannabis and <gasps> I don't I don't do that officer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a different guy. Yeah, it's a different guy. <laughs> um, we've got a uh, cannabis sommelier, uh, uh, which is a qualification you can get over here, and it's more for the experience of you know uh, quality assurance, um, identifying terpenes, 
and then identifying the strains through the terpenes you can identify when you smell in the cannabis. So she's so very. So that's cool. like a legal course you can take over there in Canada now. Yeah, um, wow. I don't have the name of the company uh, handy at the moment, but there was a really good course uh, in terms of just the the general knowledge they were they were giving you. Mm, I'm just rolling this joint here. What are you smoking on at the moment? I think this, well, it's probably a cocktail to be fair because I've got it all piled up on my tray and it's going to be a mix between Pink Starburst and Jack Herra. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You love the Jack. You love the oh, Jack. Jack Herra, mate. Jack Herra is the one. Your, uh, your videos on YouTube are amazing. Like the, uh, the Thanks, strong. It look, it's growing so ridiculously fast. Even uh, I've had to spend another half hour in there today doing more training. It's just, you know, I'm giving myself two more days and then I have to flip it to flower. I'm out of time then. I'll run out of space during the stretch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe the difference in those two videos that you put up. And it was three days, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I think it was uh, yeah. five days in between the video. But if you're on the forum and you're watching my diary as well, there's a, a picture just two days yeah. before it. And it was oh. like double size in a couple of days. So what, what's your favorite edibles, man? What, what do you eat? Uh, my favorite edibles to make are probably gummies, um, just because they're so easy to make. They they take about five or ten minutes to make, and then you throw them in the fridge or the freezer for a couple of hours, and they're done. What what kind of ratio are you looking at? Um, it's a huge variable depending on you know which kind of cannabis you're using. You know how much cannabis you're infusing into the oil. Um, there's so so many different variables. You know how you decarb it as well. Yeah, the um, decarbon is important, man. A lot of people don't know about that. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I didn't know about that for a while um, when I first started making edibles. And then after I learned about uh, decarbing, uh, my edibles just became that much stronger, really. So, so for the listeners, explain what decarbon is. So basically, the easiest method to do this um, is to get a cookie tray and some parchment paper or some baking paper. And just to coarsely grind your cannabis, uh, not too fine, though. Um, lay it out on the tray and put it into the oven at 240 Fahrenheit, which is 115 Celsius. Um, So you put it in the oven for about 45 minutes and then you take it out. And what this does is it releases a carboxyl group in the cannabis that uh, makes it psychoactive, basically. It makes it have a uh, psychoactive effect. Yeah, the heat converts THCA into THC, right? Yeah. So you're basically doing that for your edibles as well before you infuse it into a fat or even an alcohol or a sugar or a flour or something like that. So once the once you've decarboxylated your cannabis, what do you do next? Do you make butter or do you go for a different kind of extract? Um, so I use a lot of coconut oil. Uh, instead of butter, because coconut oil I find is a lot more versatile in terms of uh, using it for sweet, savory, as well as balms and salves and things like that too. So I okay, so you can eat it and use it as lotions. Yeah, coconut. for sure. And coconut oil is really easy to to work with in terms of making things like gummies as well. I've read that it's better for recreational use as well. The acids break down differently. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, there's uh, more saturated fat in uh, butter, right? Ah. Yeah, and then so I will infuse 
the coconut oil uh, with the cannabis and I usually do it in a slow cooker with a double boiler technique. So I'll fill the slow cooker about halfway with water and then I'll place the cannabis and the oil inside a large metal bowl usually and then I'll float the bowl in the water and uh, this keeps it at a very consistent temperature as well nice. and there's no, no chance whatsoever of it burning. So after you've done that, what's next, man? What's after I've done that, I'll get some cheesecloth and a hand strainer and then I'll line the hand strainer with cheesecloth and then I'll grab the bowl of oil from the slow cooker and I'll pour it through the strainer and then get all of the plant material out because you don't want that in your end product. You want a nice smooth oil and then you'll either use it straight away or you can put it in the fridge. So what kind of a percentage tea actually do you think you're looking at? If you're making two cups of coconut oil, say, mm-hmm. and you used uh, 10 grams of cannabis, we'll use that in, as an example, all right? Yeah. You would have to know the THC levels of the cannabis, but you can do it on average too, like if you don't have that available. Yeah, so it says about 20% or something. So we'll do a 20, 10 grams of 20% uh, THC cannabis. So in total in that 10 grams, there's 2,000 milligrams of total THC if it's 20% THC. Yeah, yeah. So the decarboxylation process, as well as the infusion process, you're going to lose a little bit of that THC. So I always divide the total amount of THC by around 80%. Now, this is an an overinflated approximation because no infusion will ever get 80% of that total THC from the original 10 grams. Right. So we'll take the 2,000 milligrams of THC and we'll divide that by 80%, which is it's going to lose 20% through the decarboxylation and infusion process, which equals 16. About 1,600. Yep. And uh, two cups of oil that we made with 10 grams, there should be around 1,600 milligrams of THC in the total two cups. So we can break that down further. Yeah. If there's 1,600 milligrams in the total THC, uh, you want to use only a quarter of a cup, say. So how many quarter cups go into two cups? Eight. Nice. <laughs> so you Quick would divide... <laughs> <laughs> you would divide the infused THC by eight, which is 1,600 milligrams divided by eight. 200. Nice. So there's 200 milligrams of THC per one quarter cup of this oil. Yeah, yeah. If we made, say, 20 cookies with this one quarter cup of oil, we would do 200 milligrams divided by the 20 cookies. So there'd be around 10 milligrams in each cookie. Mm. And then you have to take bioavailability into account with that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone is completely different when it comes to cannabis, whether you're smoking, whether you're vaping or taking edibles or you know tinctures or things like that. Everyone is going to have a different experience. So would you say for, a, say, a moderate cannabis user, is 10 milligrams per cookie enough? It depends on your experience with cannabis edibles, to be honest. Uh, um, a lot of people who smoke a lot of cannabis think that their tolerance will translate over to the world of edibles. You really do have to build up a tolerance from zero with cannabis edibles because it's a completely different effect. Uh, the cannabis is hitting you in a different way as well. It's being processed by your body in a different way too. So if you make any, like you make your gummies and cookies and stuff, would you 
incorporate cannabis edibles into your main meals at any time? Oh, for sure. All the time. Yeah. Um, like if I have some chicken breasts, I'll just coat them in cannabis cooking oil and then I'll kind of marinate them in a bit of barbecue sauce and some herbs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Sounds do full cool, on, <laughs> you can do full on curries. Um, you know, spaghetti bolognese. I've done uh, white wine pasta sauce with cannabis in it as well, which is really good. Mm. So all all these recipes you've got these written up of the uh, Cannabis Information Institute. A lot of these recipes, yeah, uh, especially for the oils and uh, like the gummies and things like that. I've got a lot of different recipes up awesome, on the site. So you know, your mom told you to eat your greens, man. You go over to the website and stick some greens in all your food. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. So, you, but you're not growing right now. You're, yeah, taking a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, yeah, I just haven't been able to uh, get any uh, any seeds or clones. Really, um, I haven't really been looking to be honest. I've just had a lot of work on. Yeah, too busy, isn't it? It's yeah. busy running a website now. Um, it's it's kind of hard to grow in my apartment during the winter too because it's really hot. Like the they turn up the heat quite a lot, so okay. it's really, really hot in here. Because you're not growing your own, how do you go about getting buds? So you just go to dispensary? Usually, we'll go to uh, one of the dispensaries in downtown Toronto, and uh, that's all legal and stuff now, obviously, with uh, cannabis becoming legal. So how is it with the legislation over there? Do you find it better now it's legal? Uh, no, it's actually worse, especially... F- from coming from the dispensary world, I knew that there was 120 stores in Toronto that were operating in the grey market, and now there's maybe five or six legal dispensaries for the whole city of Toronto, which wow. is not enough, obviously. During the heyday of these grey market dispensaries in 2016, 2017, um, our store was busy always, and I can imagine that every other store, you know, out of the 120 plus, was busy as well. Yeah. And the product was infinitely better too. These legal dispensaries, where are they getting their product from? So they have to buy through uh, uh, something that's called a licensed producer here in Canada. And okay. these companies are licensed to produce cannabis. And it's all quality controlled and everything, I suppose. It's quality controlled, but as far as my experiences go, um, the quality control is not very good. Um, if you're a medical grower, grower as well, you can apply for more more plant. But I think four is pretty good. I think that's really been overlooked like as a really good thing about legalization. It's really opened up the doors for a lot of people such as myself to, to start growing, you know, experiment with growing cannabis like legally because before I could, couldn't really be bothered with, with the worry of just growing yeah. it. It's a lot of stress, man. Yeah, and I can imagine for you guys it's not easy as well. Yeah, it's always at the back of your mind. You know, it's just something which you have to get used to. You, you just, at the end of the day, you're not doing anything wrong. As long as it's personal, there shouldn't be a problem with it. I mean, the police and, um, you know, politicians, they have way bigger fish to fry in terms of drugs. But, you know, still, they might want to take a few easy targets one day or something. Yeah. It's just a risk you have to take, and it's worth taking it. You know what? I'd rather have my door kicked off by old Bill than have to keep going out to the black market and dealing with dodgy bastards. To oh, buy for sure. Beef. Like, yeah, who knows you know, what would happen. Exactly. In the black market. People get beat up, mugged, stabbed. You know, it's like that's taking this risk is far more worth than taking the other risk, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why I see it. It's dangerous out there, man, especially in the UK right now. Everybody's just fucking stabbing everybody, mate. It's crazy. Not good, man. Not good. 
Times have changed, mate. Yeah, for sure. How much cannabis do you buy? Do you spend a lot? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is expensive for legal cannabis. Um, I try to get up to a place called Tyendinaga, which is in Ontario. Okay. And Native Americans, uh, they have autonomy basically over their own land. And they don't pay any taxes to the Canadian government or anything like that. And they have this one highway. And there's literally about 100 dispensaries on this one highway. Wow. All from the native reserves. Yeah, and so it's all grown by these guys, and it's just always really, really good stuff. Sweet. And uh, I try to get up there as much as possible, you know, to save a bit of money. Because, uh, you know, just to compare, you'd probably be paying upwards of, you know, $280 for an ounce of not very good stuff from a legal dispensary in the city. And then you'd go up there and you'd pay $100 for the exact same stuff. Really? Damn, that's massive. You know, it's worth worth going up there, man. Just buy five, six ounces or something to last you. Uh, there's, a, there's a limit on how much you can carry on your persons. So I believe the limit is 30 grams. No way. So you, Yeah, it's like you can just walk around with an ounce basically in, in Canada and it would be fine. You see, but that's still not enough, man. Because what if you wanted to go shopping and get a bulk amount? Yeah, and some people can only leave the house physically, you know, or mentally because once or twice a week. It's a good point, man. What if somebody is completely agoraphobic and cannot leave the house or can't even walk? What you know, they can get a carer over once a month, so they're going to need four or five ounces to last in that amount of time. You know, you just hate this bureaucracy bullshit, man. Yeah, there's a lot of red tape that you got to cut through to kind of, you know, really enjoy the legalization of cannabis. Stupidness. Yeah, especially <laughs> the uh, the pricing really really puts. Oh, yeah. Even if it was legal, I wouldn't buy from dispensary. How much for, like, $12 it'll be for a gram or something? Sometimes it's more expensive than that. I'd put a gram into each spliff. Yeah, exactly. So it would cost you a lot of money for every spliff that you smoke. I'll I'll smoke 10 spliffs a day. I'm not exaggerating. That's a lot, yeah. Um, How much is that going to cost me a day? It's £100 a day. That's if I buy in smalls. We can get queues out here in the UK and we get seven grams for £50. But, of course, it's street weed. It's not up to scratch. But, you know, I'd smoke a cube in a day easily, a 50 pound a day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not bad, though, in terms of pricing, though. Like, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to, not many dealers out there will sell like that. Usually they'll just sell in grams, one, one, uh, 10 bags and 20 bags. Yeah, yeah. greedy fuckers. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's like, I remember, because sometimes shit happens and you have to take the tent down and you might run out of your, your supply and you have to go and buy some weed. And it had been ages, man. I, I hadn't bought weed for a long time. I ran out of contacts and everything because you just don't call people. You know? And then yeah, I ran out and I'm like, all right, I'm going to quit smoking tomorrow because <laughs> I'm not going out to buy shit. But I better pick something up today just to get me to the end of the day and start fresh tomorrow. And awesome. I went out and picked up this fucking 10 bag. And this guy gave me this, this tiny bag, man. And I'm like, what the fuck is that, man? <laughs> and it, it, was, it was like 0.8 gram. Oh my god, that's terrible! And I'm like, that's that ain't gonna last me today. That ain't no. gonna last me to spliff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna last you the you know morning, bro. Same, mate. Fucking hell, it's it's can't do that shit. You know, I don't like to ration my weed, man. And and when it's legalized, you can see from Amsterdam prices, the prices out in America and Canada, they're looking at about ten pound a gram. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah, too it's much, good. man. It doesn't cost that much to make it. 
I mean, when I was working in the dispensary, we had strains for three dollars fifty a gram, and it was it was all right. It was just outdoor weed, like it was nice stuff. But yeah. it was three dollars fifty a gram. I mean, there's no way in hell you would ever find a legal gram in Canada for three dollars fifty ever. Not yet, but I think three fifty is pretty much a fair price for a gram of weed. I think it should be more like that. A gram of weed should be considered as one bottle of Budweiser or Coors Light or whatever poison you want to associate it with. <laughs> you no, know? and then you can buy a, a seven pack or a fourteen pack, a twenty eight pack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of the pre-rolls even um, from the legal store, because you can buy pre-rolled ones because mm-hmm. a, a lot of medical patients can't actually roll for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So um, they offer those ones, which is convenient, but the pricing is it's ridiculous. It's like at least kind of 10, 12 bucks for a pre-roll and there's not even a gram in there. Nah, man. It's shocking, isn't it? You just pay Really, what's the, what's the one spliff is going to last somebody at maximum an afternoon? I'm going to take um, a couple of draws put it down if they're a medical patient too who needs it for heavy pain or something like that's yeah. not going to last at all especially when their tolerance level builds up yeah their tolerance might go down from smoking this bad quality stuff you never know yeah. damn man it's bad times it's just sad to see that it's still restricted the way it is even, yeah I mean, even in legal places it's still restricted like that even it's with crazy, cannabis man. edibles they've just come in to play as well. They just got legalized uh, about a month and a half ago. Um, the biggest dosage you can buy is 10 milligrams. So we were talking about using 10 grams of cannabis before in that oil. And 10 milligrams was per cookie, right? Right. Um, how, much, how much per cookie? How much are they charging? And they're, they're charging $10. For a cookie with 10 milligram of ganja in it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, seriously, seriously. It's a joke. Um, which is why I really want to just teach people how to make their own. As, even tinctures as well, bath bombs. You know, this is the problem, man. This capitalistic bullshit taking over the, uh, over the cannabis industry. And then um, people are yeah. missing out because they can't afford the medicine. Or e- even if they just want to smoke recreationally, man. What? There's no problem in that. You should be able to afford it. Oh, yeah, uh. definitely. <clears throat> like, I'm sure uh, there's a lot of people out there who want to try edibles. Uh, but it's just like really ten. But I ain't, I ain't spending no ten pound on a cookie. Yeah, for one cookie. Really? Again, mate. Again, like I said, three fifty. I'll pay three fifty for the cookie. About three fifty. You know what I'm saying, like this <laughs> monster. How much you want for that cookie? I mean, I'll say about three fifty. <laughs> like a beer. Again, it, it's one thing that's going to get you slightly lifted. Yeah, definitely. You think about buying uh, ten grams of weed, say, and making your own oil. I mean, ten grams of weed may cost you, you know, a hundred pounds or whatever over there um but if you're breaking it down into lots of 10 milligrams you're paying far less and and you also get to make your own edibles too and experiment with different kinds of dishes and you know you, you can add things like coconut oil to just about anything you can you can add it to coffee even do you use a sunflower sunflower liquor thin at all uh personally i don't because uh i don't need it but i know a lot mm-hmm. of people use it because it acts as an emulsifier within the body yeah. uh, within the small intestine and it will actually help a lot of people to absorb the cannabinoids and uh, within the edibles uh, more efficiently. Because some people don't feel anything from cannabis edibles, and it just depends entirely on your own endocannabinoid system. Yeah, as I said, man, edibles mess me up. You know, the only <laughs> way I really take weed is by smoking it in a joint. There's a whole ritual thing with me as well. I like to sit 
and craft that split. If I don't even use a grinder, you know, I like, I like to be, in, you know, like that guy in hostel on the train eating his food with his hands and he's like, I like to be in touch with my food. <laughs> that crazy guy. Yeah, that's yeah, me. Yeah, that's you. Hopefully. <laughs> Not on the train, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, something tribal about kind of, you know, breaking up the cannabis with your hands. Yeah. And then crafting that perfect roach. Yeah. Filling the spliff nicely and rolling it perfectly. <laughs> I think that also plays into the kind of re relaxation part of cannabis as well, is like kind yeah. of having that, that ritual, you know, your own little thing that you do with the cannabis, whether you, yeah, whether you just like go out and, and smoke with friends or you like to smoke in your house and just chill and watch movies or whatever you want to do. Like, it's, it's awesome. Like, I'm, we'll get like super stoned, build a website. <laughs> yeah, that, that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I really uh, appreciate your website, though, to be honest. Like, it, I wouldn't have started growing without it, you know. I, and you're all the way over in the UK, and I'm over here in Canada, and it's just like, you've given me so much help. In terms a lot of, of people have said the same thing, how much they appreciate the site, you know. Yeah, and everything's just clear, and, you know, it's made for stoners, basically. It's, like, made for us to read. Like, we just want to learn how to grow good weed in a nice, friendly environment as well. The members we've got are fucking quality. We've got such a strong foundation. You know, we're 1,500 members now. But we need more active guys, you know, people who want it every day. More grows, more information. But it will come with time, you know. Yeah, definitely. Word yeah. of mouth gets around. The site is enjoyed by a lot of people. And I work hard to keep it as user-friendly as possible and give everybody what they want, you know. Yeah, it's a really fast site, though, as well. Like, it, it doesn't mess around. <laughs> yeah, I've spent weeks, weeks awake. It's <laughs> 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 just fixing tiny little things. Oh, man, it's been fucking awesome. I love it. Oh, Such a quality site, man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just going to mention, uh, when I lived in New Zealand, I played... Uh, reasonably high level of ice hockey the entire time that I was there. And I was actually sponsored by Nike as well for a while. No way. Yeah. Um, so I was actually consuming cannabis, obviously, uh, the entire time that I was uh, playing at a, at a reasonably high level. You know, I played for the yeah, national. You know, and um, they can't really say that's a performance-enhancing drug, you know? <laughs> no, but we were subject to drug tests and things like that. So I did have to be very careful of what was going on but I, how did you get around it i whenever i knew we were having a tournament or something i would just would stop completely right and even there's though sites was, out there you can buy fake fish you know we got a, a sponsor <laughs> says it kept one of our members in work for months <laughs> oh man imagine that buying um, fake piss so, What's the world yeah, content, I mean, man? <laughs> <laughs> piss is worth something. <laughs> I know, right? Damn, I wish Shit. I had known that when I was like a teenager, you know? <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Uh, so anyways, yeah, we were uh, uh, we were traveling around New Zealand basically every weekend playing games, like, you know, a couple every weekend. Uh, every player obviously had a job as well because we weren't getting paid for this. Um, some of the guys that we were playing against, though, were very high level like they had been yeah. drafted into the nhl and things no like way. that so, so you let you left that to go and do uh, get involved in the cannabis industry in canada it was uh you know cannabis and being a goalie does not really go together so <laughs> <we're definitely laughs> uh, i still play hockey now over here in canada and it's amazing like yeah it's just so much fun and uh, of course i always use cannabis uh, straight after the game for my pain relief and things like that because I caught a lot of injuries 
uh, when I was playing in New Zealand and cannabis was just, you know, a godsend yeah. in terms of the injuries and, and not having to use things like tramadol or. Yeah, for sure. Or, it seems to work like as, a pain, as pain relief for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really recommend it as a pain reliever, even if you're not smoking it, even if you're using it as a balm, like as a topical. Yes. Uh, you don't have to smoke it to get the effects of cannabis, which is what a lot of people don't understand as well. It's just amazing the, the amount of things this plant does for us, man. And it's oh, been it's shunned for so long, you know, that, that that's hurtful as well. This amazing oh, plant, and it's just been casting the shadows for so long, man. We could have learned so much about it by now. I mean, even eating raw cannabis, you still get a bit of protein and some antioxidants, you know mm. what I mean? Like It's, it's a just, new superfood, man, a new superfood. Yeah, man, I, I wish. Maybe, <laughs> in, maybe in 20 years we'll get some, like, spirulina and cannabis, you know, drinks yeah. and things like that. It's coming, man. It will be intense. Have you ever seen that documentary, Food Inc.? Uh, I think so, but I was stoned when I seen it. And like Monsanto basically owns all the seeds, and even yeah, if yeah, yeah. the seedling blows into your property that they own, they can you know claim. Oh your, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they can take ownership of the crop or something, or you have to destroy it really because cool. it's got their genetics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just Fart worried about up. that. <laughs> no, for sure, man. It's definitely something to be concerned about. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of money to be made in the cannabis industry. Like even just the cannabis edibles industry, you know, it's expected to be worth billions within the next years and it's i've already mentioned you know how restricted it is over here and it's still going to be worth billions you know what i mean if imagine if it wasn't restricted it would just be this yeah imagine if it was open like alcohol was yeah exactly it would be a gold rush it would be the gold rush for people out well, it's already the green rush isn't it that's what they're calling it man yeah for sure i mean i really look at cannabis like uh very similarly to like aviation in terms of it's was a huge, huge novelty when it first came out. Um, but now it's integrated into just about every part of everyone's life. You know, um, you could compare can the cannabis industry to the 3d printing industry as well, because that's also started out as quite a novelty for a lot of people. But now there's entire industries based around the 3d printing industry itself. Yeah. I don't know. It's, cannabis is going to be more like coffee. You know, it's like it, coffee wasn't available to everybody once. You know, and it, it is seen as a as a drug as well. But now, coffee isn't seen as a drug. It's just a drink that people have. Tobacco isn't seen as a drug. It's just something people smoke. And I think that's the way cannabis will head. It's, people still see it as a drug, but it will head into, no, it's just a thing. You know, when it is a drug, but it's not seen as one. Yeah. Um, New Zealand has a vote uh, at the end of this year to decriminalize uh, possession of cannabis. And I'm hoping that that passes. So then countries like the UK will We've take been legal for medical use since November 2018, but nobody's getting weed on prescription or any kind of extracts on prescription. No, is it, is it just really expensive or is it just hard to get or what's the story? No, it's both, man. Both. It's so like no, no doctors will give it to you? Or? No, no doctor will prescribe to you. You've got to go see a specialist, which you have to pay a lot of money for. And in the UK, we have the NHS. We don't pay for our healthcare. So that's something which people are skeptical of in the first place you know it's like turning into private healthcare but there's yeah, still people sure. fighting to get you know cannabis extracts like uh rick simpson oil to give to their kids for epilepsy they're still fighting for that it still isn't done you know we shouldn't be fighting for these things anymore yeah that's what you should learn to make your own as well exactly I mean, it's no. really empowering 
Well, it's it's one of them things when it's like when there's such a bullshit law, it's like is it in our is it our duty to disobey it? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for throwing seeds mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> you know yeah, you what know. I mean? And just yeah, serious. Yeah. I've but got a bunch of uh, bag seeds that I'm just going to throw all over Toronto. So if you see a random weed plant in Toronto, <laughs> it might be mine. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a tent now as well, actually. Oh, sweet. What size? Five high by two wide. So were you going to put two plants in there? Yeah, probably just do two plants in there. I'll, uh, I'll probably invest in a new light or something, though, as well, actually. You think in autos or photos? Uh, yeah, I'd probably do autos. The last one I grew, Girl Scout, was an auto. It was really good. I love having a, a strain that you just know exactly what it is. You don't even have, you know, you just yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna do an outdoor grow by the lake. So nice. It'll draw a lot of water from the ground up there, which will be nice. Okay. And so you're just gonna gorilla grow, are you? No, it'll be uh, on a property up there. So get started as soon as possible. Get it growing indoors, vegged out for a few weeks before you get it outside. Oh, yeah. Well, we've still got a few more months of really cold weather. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, some people like veg over the wintertime for like, three months. And then when it, when it comes to planting outside, you know, say end of March, early April, you just go and drop this massive plant in the ground and then it's up for, what, four or five months of veg. <laughs> crazy even longer it's a crazy amount of time of edge and then it gets the flower what man i'd love to do it but (laughs) in the uk my god that plant would be seen for miles man oh yeah everyone would know where it was (laughs) you know it's just a waste of time either the bugs or the the fucking thieves are gonna get it you know and the weather's just too shit for it in the uk as well you have so much more control when you grow indoors yeah indoors is is nice eh? i uh I had saved some from both of my grows, uh, and but it must be like six months ago mm. that I last grew. Um, and I smoked some the other day, and Jesus, it had Damn. been curing up really nicely. Uh, I bet, I bet I was lovely after that long. Yeah, it just hit me straight to the face. Uh. <laughs> yeah, was, you forgot about me. Pow! Yeah, I found the jar, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot oh, about this one. <laughs> Yeah, I found an ounce before, man, when, when I finished a crop, and I'd smoked everything. I was like, that can't all be gone. It was one of my early ones when I first started growing. And, you know, I, I divided it all up into tubs for curing. And it had all gone, and I'm looking around the house like, there's got to be a bud somewhere or something, man. I'm not going out and buy more weed. And I'm looking on the open up a cupboard and there was just this little fucking top with an ounce in it oh my god <laughs> okay there's a blueberry cheese as well mate it was a blueberry cheese i was buzzing thought i was out thought i was dry nothing looking for a crumb scraped a spliff together and i found an ounce in the cupboard <laughs> and then you're just packing the the hugest nuggets you know what i mean <laughs> you know when you're thinking you know 10 minutes before that i'm thinking and you know, and all them unnecessarily fat blunts you smoked, man. Why yeah. did you do that? Why did, and then, you know, you found the answer, and it's like, I'm rolling an unnecessary flat blunt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so what can you do? As I, say, I hate rationing weed, man. It needs to be done right. Yeah, especially when you smoke one, and you're like, oh, that wasn't even enough. i got to smoke another one. Exactly. And, but, and, you know, when you're buying it, you can't. No, no yeah. I can't smoke it. Yeah. I better, better leave it an hour. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that shit, you know, you hit it and you, you get to the end and you're like, not quite finished, man. Sparking about. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it should um, be for everybody. I bet, uh, you know, you're the same as me when it comes to like writing as well. Like you'll get in like a thousand words and you're just like, oh, I just need a spliff right now. And then you'll just... No, no, I, I won't write unless I've got a spliff in my mouth. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. If 
if I've got no weed, then I won't write. I've never got yeah. no weed, but you know, I, I won't write, man. I can't, it's, my mind won't function properly. I don't like it. I think too much, man. I'll type and then I was like, no, that sentence is wrong. Go back. <laughs> no, it's wrong. It's wrong. And it's like, nah, nah. But if a smoke a spliff, it's like. Oh, nice. So you just kind of go more with the flow when you're just, when you're smoking. Do you just autopilot more of a thing? I really think the technical stuff in terms of like website building is a lot easier when you. Yeah. Mate, if you're going to, if you're going to do all that shit, you need weed. Cause it's so fucking frustrating. So frustrating. So boring as well. Well, that's it. You've, you've spent like five hours on this boring shit trying to optimize this and that and put this here and there. And then you've just about got it working and it's nearly bedtime and pow, something else fucking breaks because of all the new shit you've done. So you have to figure out what that is. And you know, I hate that. It's like, if you don't have a split, then you're throwing your fucking PC out the window. Oh, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like I wanted to go to bed three hours ago. I'm still fixing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> still trying to do this. You know, I've been there many times, man, cracking. It's not, not so bad nowadays because I know what I'm doing now. Oh, for sure, yeah. started this shit with no idea, mate. I knew just about how to log into a website. Never mind <laughs> build one. How to log into your email account. <laughs> you know what I'm telling you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, fuck, for YouTube, honestly, like uh, YouTube has helped me. <laughs> So much in terms yeah, of website sure. building. I mean, no matter what kind of website or business you have, you want to be on page one in Google, whether it's for where you're located or whether it's for a, a random query or something like that. I Googled 60 centimeter grow tent earlier and I was like the sixth link down or something, five or six on the first page. Nice. Just for 60 centimeter grow tent, mate. That's huge, yeah. One kind of last thing I just wanted to talk about was kind of just the difference between indica and sativa so the real difference between sativa and indica plants is the actual classification which refers to the plant morphology so the main difference between indica and sativa really lies in the plant classification not in the effects that you'll get from them when you consume them either smoking them vaping them or as an edible the main reason why cannabis has an effect on anyone is because of the cannabinoids found within cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's plenty of indica strains, there's plenty of sativa strains that have the exact same level of THC. Um, so in terms of an edible, if you're using the same uh, level of THC in two different classified strains, in edibles, you'll generally feel the exact same effects from yeah. those. Two. Um, but if you're smoking them, uh, the terpenes are what's really going to be at play if they have the same level of cannabinoids as one another. Um, so when the terpenes and the cannabinoids interact with your endocannabinoid system, uh, they create something called the entourage effect. And this helps to regulate a lot of really important bodily functions. Um, you know, pain management, um, you know, even, even things like stressful thoughts and anxiety and stuff like that. So these cannabinoids and terpenes, they work together in a, in a synergy. So this is really what any cannabis consumer should be looking at in terms of their cannabis. Forget about endocannabinoids. It's very, very outdated. Yeah. Um, these plants were classified in the 1700s. Okay. And yeah. So that that's just, it's like the hemp classification, isn't it? 
exactly yeah, yeah. It, it, it can be a hemp plant as long as it has less than uh 2% THC or is it 0.2% THC uh, 0.4% is right yeah um, no, i know it's really low so if you got a a cannabis plant that it has big flowers on it just like a THC dominant cannabis plant you know our usual type but it's CBD dominant you know exactly. 20% CBD and 0.4% uh, THC then that's hemp right it's hemp, yeah. right? That is not hemp, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite outdated. And uh, last year, I was fortunate enough to attend uh, the Cannabis Summit in, here in Toronto, which was hosted by The Economist magazine. Cool. And basically, every speaker there was talking about this. They were saying, you know, cannabinoids and terpenes, they are the future. Strain classification is so outdated. There are literally thousands of strains out there at the moment, and all of them are hybrids. Mm -hmm. there, there are hardly any pure indica or sativa, unless you go to the original source. Yeah, to the, the land race. Land race. Um, as far as future trends go in terms of terpenes and cannabinoids, um, in the future, I envision walking into a dispensary and buying cannabinoids or terpenes by themselves, mm. completely extracted from the cannabis plant. That would be fucking sweet, wouldn't it? Just a little drop yeah, of that in your coffee. So it would be like, oh, can I, can I get a dropper of CBG? Can I get a THC one? You know, can I get a, a linalool dropper? Can, yeah, I get can I get a little bit of the alpha pinene there, please? Exactly, sir. yeah. And <laughs> a lot of substances already have these terpenes in it as well, which is a really cool thing to explore too. So what we say, man, what's the future for the Cannabis Information Institute? Which plan? So the future for us as a company, um, we're going to reach out to more researchers and cultivators such as yourself, um, build, really start to build our content log on the website. Sweet. Um, I've, we've got a an affiliated YouTube channel now. It's uh, on YouTube. It's Cannabis Education. Uh, it's not actually part of the site itself, but it is affiliated, and uh, we'll hopefully be sponsoring some of their videos in the near future as well. So that'll hopefully get our name out there nice. a bit more. And uh, their videos are really concerned with uh, edibles education. So making your own cannabis edibles, you know, making oils and stuff. So if you're on YouTube, just go pick out Cannabis Education. I think um, we link that. That's um, a feature channel on our YouTube channel, right? I think. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you hit a, if you're a subscriber of Percy's Grow Room YouTube channel already, just click on the channels tab, and then it should be right there. As far as we go, though, uh, I want to get out and do a bit of uh, maybe public speaking at some of the cannabis expos around Canada this year as well. Nice. And just kind of branching out. Um, content wise uh, looking into doing some print content maybe releasing a book yes. uh, later this year uh, which would be awesome I uh, don't want to really give too much away on that but I'm hoping that that's something that we can really get done this year Yeah, you can't hope man you got to do it yeah you got to do it bro <laughs> can't sit there wishing because it's not going to happen you got to get no it done Just make the plan start executing you know? sure, set yourself realistic targets and go do it. Yeah, man. And it's just good to have uh, a buddy, you know, with his own website as well. And yeah, you know, any other. Well, you've been there from other. the start, you know. Fuck, you know. The start, man. For right from the start, man. OG. Right from the beginning. <laughs> You're like the first leaf on this massive <laughs> cannabis plant I've grown <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> 
Um, you know, anyone out there who wants to start their own cannabis website as well, like hit us up for advice, like for real, like, yeah, yeah. we're not, not going to tell you to piss off or anything. Like we'll give you helpful no. advice when it comes to writing content and things like that. I mean, you can look over both of our websites and, you know, see our content. That's right, man. But, we're always happy to help. It's a community thing. You know, we're all in this shit together. Let's get the information out there and get people growing yeah. and if medicated. About cannabis, that's what we need. We need more, more people passionate about cannabis. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. A lot of people out there, a lot of people doing good things. Oh, and you're sure, one of them, man. man, with that website you got going on. You got a lot of good information there, and it's helping out a lot of people. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate coming on as well. Ah, it's all good. Thanks for coming on, man. So, where do we find you online? Uh, so, uh, you'll find me at cannabisinformationinstitute.com. Uh, you'll find me on Instagram at Cannabis Information Institute. You'll find me on Percy scrollroom.com as canna underscore educator as well feel free to hit me up on any kind of social media about cannabis edibles or anything to do with cannabis to be honest yeah man whenever anybody asks about food and i always send them in your way yeah. oh for sure that's much appreciated Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you learned something interesting throughout the show. Justin's got loads of information over on his own website about all different recipes for main meals or snacks. So if you want to learn more about using the cannabis you grow and turning it into edibles, then head over to CannabisInformationInstitute.com and you'll be able to find plenty of guides there. And you can even email Justin himself if you have any questions about the podcast or any specific recipes that you'd like to see on his site. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Next one's going to be with Temple Grower, and we're going to talk about super soil. See you next time.